This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Eno Sarah Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. How was naming the sandwich after you in New York? Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. We we had like uh, 150 people come out and uh, we we really, uh, we we had a long Q&A session with, with writers like Ken Rosenthal and stuff and, and, and uh, Evan Drellick and all these people came out and uh, the beer, we kicked the keg uh, of my beer and we ate all the sandwiches and uh, I also uh, did a lot of research on a story that I pitched to my editor, which was three days five sandwiches, 10 beer bars, two baseball games, New York City. And so that story will be coming to the page of the Athletic shortly. <laughs> well, when you're when you're in New York City, there is never a shortage of anything. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. you want, whatever whatever it is in life you want, you will find in New York City and you'll find a lot of it. Can, can I tell you something that was amazing, though, that I read uh, while I was on the subway in, in New York City? Go ahead. Ben Lindbergh wrote a piece on the athlete, on the on the ringer. And in it, he showed us the real true history of the pitch clock. And this is something I did not know. And he's he's so good at this sort of thing. The pitch clock, the rule for the pitch clock was already in the rule book. There was before the pitch clock ever existed. There was already a rule about twenty seconds. This is enforcement. It's not a new rule. And in fact, in the history of baseball, there have been three times where baseball has tried to use the pitch clock in the past. And we're talking about like nineteen thirties and nineteen forties. They tried to do the pitch clock. So, I I think it's just interesting because there was a lot of people saying like, "This isn't baseball." Yes. This is a this is a new rule. This is Manfred Ball, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, this this is the rule that's already in the books. It's just enforcement. <laughs> that's all we're talking about. Well, just think how ridiculous it is that years ago they made the change in the seventies to the DH and how people were up in arms <laughs> and the National League people, this will never happen in the National League. That this is not real baseball. The real baseball is how the National League plays. And I would point out all the time, going, okay, think about think about my age and how many years it was that I played baseball. I played baseball my entire life all the way through college. The DH was always there. The DH was there. And it's been here my entire career as a broadcaster. The DH is in high school. The DH is at all levels of college, from all the way from Division One all the way down to community college. It's at every minor league level, and it's at the American League. It's in the American League. 
So when National League people would say to me that real baseball is with the Nat, I'm like, wait a minute. Every level. Where is real baseball? Then? <laughs> every every level from high school all the way to the American League. The only people who don't use the DH are the National League, and you guys think you're the right way. It's just baseball people. It's 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 amazing how there can be some super really smart people. But it just goes to show that when it comes to your love for sports and how you view sports, doesn't always mean you're the smartest when it comes to that. And when I think of like people are like worried about that we may lose these special moments, I'm like, hey, no offense, but football has the most special moments that we have. The Super Bowl moments are bigger than everything. Everything is timed. We just did this whole thing about the last dance. We always revert back to Michael Jordan. Every single great play Michael Jordan made in the NBA or even his great shot to win the national championship in North Carolina was under a clock. Like, save it. Save it. I think that what we're just in the middle of, and and I have immense respect for, for this because it's just difficult when you're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of a recalibration. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to get used to a new thing. And so how, whatever the process is, if they want to yell first and then come slinking back to baseball later, that's fine. If they want to say they'll never watch again. I just, what I say is, can you just at least go to one game with the pitch clock? Can you just go, can you go and before you say goodbye to a sport you've loved, like go, just go to a game with the pitch clock and, and see how much you really care by the, by the time you leave. They're because not going, I, I think you, it, you know, they're not going anywhere because we've seen like in our business, the people who bitch the most are the most <laughs> loyal people. The people who can remember, remember what was Howard Stern's movie? What was that? What was the movie? Private parts. Not private parts. <laughs> but 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 they they had those numbers when when Howard was number one, especially private parts. I mean, <laughs> no, Stern. the movie about is about. I just typed in Howard Stern movie, and the first thing that was up is private parts. But what it showed was the people, and, and, it, and, and, it's, and, it, and it's the same thing, whether it's Howard Stern or it's Limbaugh. What we have known in terrestrial radio is the people who hate you more listen longer are, and are even more loyal as listeners. <laughs> well, so my, 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 my point about the, the big moments, I think, is that we're recalibrating now and once we recalibrate we won't notice it that's that's been what we've heard from yeah the maybe it leagues. was private parts i apologize was that yeah. what it's called yeah but yeah that was yeah. <laughs> sorry go ahead but i just think that once we recalibrate those big moments the, the what happens in those big moments is that the the year i think people are right to think that like time goes away and that they and that they seem so big right and in those moments it's all frozen like i can see Jordan pushing Byron Russell. <laughs> I can see that in my head because in that moment I was glued to the screen and like, and yes, it wasn't timed. It was slow. It was almost slow because it was, it was happening in slow motion because it was so important. It was that big moment. And so people might look back at the Bryce Harper at bat last year against Robert Suarez and say, oh, that was such a big moment and there's pitch clock violations. Once we recalibrate ourselves to the pitch clock, we're gonna we're gonna see next we're gonna see these playoffs the same way. 
I don't think we'll see by the time the playoffs roll around, we won't feel rushed. We won't think it's rushed. We'll be like, Oh, this is a big moment here. And we'll still feel the same way. And it'll slow down in our heads and it'll be like the, the shot over by Russell. Like it'll still have that same gravitas and it'll still kind of slow down for you because it's the playoffs and everything matters more. But you know, I, I, I could see that like in the middle of a recalibration, people are like, Oh, this is too fast. I myself have had to change some of my habits of how I watch baseball. I have to watch it more intently. Now I have to sort of set aside time to watch it. I can't just do 8 million things while I'm watching it. Because it, it, It's changing my daily because a lot of people don't realize how much I work throughout the day. So by the time I get done with this show, then I got to do pregame. Once I get done with pregame, I used to have at least an hour buffer because I do two different hits during the game. <laughs> People may not yeah. realize that. So I used to have time to, once the show is over, I've thrown it to Ken and Vince. I could go down to the meal room and eat. I had a, I had the first three innings always took well over an hour. Now, boom, 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 there's my third inning hit. Well, then, <laughs> in the past... I now had at least 45 minutes from the third to the fifth inning. My hits are coming like this, man. And before you know it, game's over. Here's the post-game show. It's like, it's like, wow. Imagine, imagine if you were a pitcher. So I'm looking into this right now, and it's just a preview of the piece but because there's a lot more going on. But one thing that I can tell you is pitchers are not throwing slower. They're not throwing slower overall. They're throwing faster again for the millionth year in a row. They're not throwing fast. They're not throwing slower with runners on base where, you know, the clock is different. They're not throwing faster runners on runners on base or runners not on base. They're not throwing slower in the fifth or sixth inning. In fact, they're throwing faster again in the fifth or sixth inning. So they're not, and their third, third, third time through the order penalty is not worse now. So the pitch clock has not had an effect yet on results in terms of like um, stuff velocity yeah. stuff command i i i have not seen it there i think the long-term questions are, are different ones not so much about velocity but about other things i almost spit up my coffee this morning i don't know if you were watching white Sox against the twins on mlb network rocco baldelli kenta maeda's on the mound did kenta maeda turn 35 is it today He's about to turn 35. I had in the note somewhere. Rocco Baldelli was worried that, you know, older pitchers, you know, we're acting like these guys are now like 55 or 65 because <laughs> they're having to work. And Max Scherzer's complaining, oh, my God, I mean, I'm a little out of shape. What? You, you, the pitch clock is affecting. I mean, it's just, it, it just like if you're using that as an excuse, you got a problem. Well, that, that 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 is a good a good thing for me to query. I'll try I'll try pitchers over thirty five and see if their velocity is going down in the fifth inning. That's uh, well, at least worth worth looking at. One but thing I, one thing I'm noticing, and you know, you and I have talked about it, and I've been saying this now. We're at this tipping point of bullpen usage versus starter usage, where you could see with the A's, and you start looking around baseball when you got teams out of the gate. Their bullpens are pitching more innings than their starters. That is a major, major problem. And how does this really affect you now? Disaster, but really turns into a mountain of a problem as you get later in the season. Yeah, we have as much as a 15 to 16 inning difference between uh, teams like Oakland and Detroit. 
who have barely gotten to 40 innings out of their out of their starters in in nine games. Um, I don't have to, you don't have to be too good at math to figure out that's not even five innings <laughs> uh, a game. Uh, and then at the top end, the Royals and Padres and Dodgers are getting have gotten 54 uh, innings plus out of their guys. Um, a little bit of a, of a of a game differential, but I think that the average is getting closer to five, and that's when that is a tipping point, and that's when it's going to get d- tough. Also, you know <clears throat> what you're going to do is tax the players, the relievers in particular. Every pitch they throw makes them a little bit worse over the course of the season due to fatigue, and so what you're doing is you're making it harder on your team in the postseason, maybe potentially when it comes to fielding a healthy bullpen. You know. So there's definitely a lot of things going on there. I think that generally uh, they might be correct in that. I think the rule changes across the board favor younger players because we're talking about defense. Defense peaks early. If you are now doing shift rules where you can't just stick an old guy at second base, Max Muncy is no longer going to really play much second base. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Mike Moustakis, who played second base, I think last year, is probably never going to play another inning at second base. And the reason is that second base now needs to be more of a defender. He needs to get to more places. What happens when you need to have defense at every place? You need to have athleticism at every place. That means you're going to have younger players. And I I don't know. I think that's a a trend that goes across all sports, honestly. Yes, we want want part of defense is 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 the beauty of the athleticism jumping and, and, and being we want to see that and... it's like in basketball no one wants to watch teams play zone because when you're playing zone you're hiding defenders who are not that great that's why you play mm-hmm. zone bring everybody in we're going to play a zone make everybody shoot from the outside no we want everybody to play one-on-one because that's more beautiful basketball it's more athleticism we don't want to see just the kicks we need to see the drives you know we yeah. want to see the we want to see the one-on-one e- e- defense we, inside. We, we don't want to. We don't want to see people hidden. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, I think so far, I would say the rules are a success. Yeah, I would. Uh, the the batting average on grounders is up. Uh, we're seeing more singles. Uh, weirdly, we're seeing uh, some more homers too. So I think that's something to unpack. Um, but uh, generally, we're seeing more singles. We're seeing a little bit more offense. We're definitely seeing less time between pitches, and I think that's something that's good for baseball. Haven't we seen launch angle down just a tick, too, in some places? Yeah, I wonder. Let me see if I can do that quickly. I know. I had some report on that. I think Mike Petriello put something out on that. League stats. I can do this pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, I think that jit batters are beginning to uh, change their approach a little bit because – I, I know that last year batters were starting to see that, oh, yeah, launch angle is down. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. I think part of that would be to to go after those hits. Uh, part of that is also that the the opposite field fly ball, the opposite field fly ball is not producing homers like it used to. So you've got guys like Tommy Pham and J.D. Martinez talking about maybe I need to pull uh, all of my barrels because the opposite field barrels aren't going out of the park. And then part of that is if the defenders are in different places and their singles they're waiting for you, why not hit some of those singles? Well, and what they say is maybe we're starting to see also a little bit of a two-strike approach. Mm. Which that, oh that would God. take more research than I can do here really quickly. It, but it, you is, can't is say that, that is that a dirty is that a dirty thing a two-strike approach? Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> a harder harder one because you have to compare everybody against against themselves. But yeah, we've seen a, that's a whole half 
of a uh, of a, a degree of launch angle. That's the biggest uh, year over year change uh, so far in the Statcast era. So I got I got I got to ask you about the new pitch. It's really not a new pitch. I mean, I'm a I'm a dinosaur when it comes to pitching. Back in my day, as we like us Clint Eastwood old guys get off my lawn, we called a pitch in between. It's you know vertical and horizontal. A, a a big curveball versus a, a sharp breaking slider. The in between we called a slurve, half slurve, half curveball. It's a mm-hmm. big sweeping pitch that didn't have the downward break of a curveball, but didn't have the tight spin, as they say, the dot that hitters see that in the slider. So we called it a slurve. Is that now what the the new pitch, the sweeper, which we're seeing on the scoreboard? Yeah, the sweeper is an interesting pitch. I think that it, uh, the way that it's, I think it is like the slurve in that it is generally sort of 80 to 86 and has two plane and has that kind of two plane movement. Yeah. But the, the, the difference between, I think, what we saw as slurves before and what we're calling sweepers now is this is basically a riding slider. And so what happens with this pitch is it has seam shifted uh, wake effects, but instead of, on the sinker and the changeup, seam shifted wake is just a, a thing where the seams interact with the air and push the ball in a certain direction. And with sinkers and changeups, it pushes them down. With the sweeper, it pushes it up. So you basically throw a slider that looks like it's going to break down, and it doesn't. But it's, it's not physically able to break up because of gravity. It's just not breaking right. down as much. It's a riding slider. It just doesn't break as much down as people yeah. think. So, because I, I always want to be careful of that with people, because oh, it's a riding <laughs> fastball. People think the fastball guy. Gravity yeah. does not work that way. Every whatever goes up has to go down. Right. I mean, you're not. You can with a beach ball. <laughs> you can demonstrate it. You can demonstrate with a beach ball, right? If you throw the beach ball from right behind it, it goes up, right? Or or or, or the old wiffle ball that only had the, the, the holes yeah. on the one side. You can make yeah. that go up. You can make that one go up. Yeah. But that's the same basic effect. But, yes, with the baseball, the way because of the way it's shaped and what it is, yes, it has to go down. But on a righty slider, it does go down. It just doesn't go down as much as hitters expect. So if you watch a guy and, it, and they, the announcer saying he throws a good sweeper, what you will see, and you can look for this when you watch, You'll see batters swing under the slider, which is not normal. You know, normally when you see a slider, you see a guy swing over the top of it because it's it's diving below it. So right? how are they are they doing this with grip? It's uh it's it's yeah, it's grip. It's grip. It's a little bit it's a little bit of mechanics. You got to you got you throw it like a sideways curveball. So it is a slurve in that way. It's you a throw hard it like a sideways sl- curveball, so you release slurve? it. You you release it out front and you kind of like you kind of do it like a sideways curveball, but you have to get the grip right so that the seams catch the air in a certain way. And instead of going down, it kind of stays up. So it's a very sideways single plane. It's almost like a cutter, but it's got bigger movement than a cutter. It's very big in the model in the data. It's very big movement. If you stand behind home plate, you'll see it's a very sideways, very big movement, but very sideways, not down. Have we ever seen a pitch in baseball where that's not a fastball that to get guys out, the hitters would swing under it? That's that's it's a bit of a new one. I think that that's why it's almost more similar to a cutter. Yeah, because you'll you'll see guys swing under a cutter, especially if, if you're trying to get it up and in on a lefty. 
You'll see it. You'll see it go up in there. But it's not cutters are usually like if your fastball's ninety five, your cutters, what eighty nine ninety. You know, um, and if your fastball's ninety five, your sweeper is eighty five. If you got a good one, that's fascinating. So we have a new pitch to watch. All right, we 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 got to cut this a little bit short. Uh, Cole Irvin is going to join us from Baltimore. They're lining up there. So at sorry Yards. about the about the the the, the internet earlier. I, I got that cleaned up. Next time won't it won't be a problem. No, hey, you are the best. You mean a lot to this show, and the fact that I, I can call you a friend from the standpoint that you not only have a beer named after you, you have a sandwich <laughs> named after you. I mean, that if just, only you were still drinking beer, I'd get you some. That just shows you how big time you are. <laughs> well, I'll see you on the park on Friday. All right, buddy. See ya. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. All right, buddy. Take care. See you Friday. Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist from The Athletic. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.